Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Mom Loves. I'm Kate Wynn. I am a mom, teacher, blogger, freelance writer, TV guest, and podcast host, and you are listening to episode 49 of the show. Today in My Favorite Things, I'm going to be talking about two excellent books that I've read recently since I am currently at home doing the whole physical distancing thing with my family and have had lots of time to read. In the lifestyle segment, I'm going to be talking about something neat, um, a magazine article about what celebrities are doing in terms of learning at home with their kids and my connection to that. And my very special guest today is Kelly Boss. Kelly is a psychotherapist. She's also a mom and the co-host of a great new podcast called Talk Therapy Pod. And she's going to be here talking all about the stresses and anxieties and worries that go along with COVID-19. So we're going to be talking about, you know, marriage and parenting and homeschooling, stresses about health, the whole physical distancing idea, trying to work from home, all of those, um, all of those stresses and worries, and also kind of talking about ways to help and how to know whether maybe your worries might need a little bit of extra support, extra help, maybe professional help. Kelly's going to direct us there too. So funny little story about Kelly. We actually met in the parking lot of Chorus Entertainment. We didn't know each other before, and that's the only time in real life that we've ever met. But Kelly was leaving after having been a guest expert on the Global News Morning show um, out of Toronto. And so she was coming to her car and I was waiting in the parking lot because I was going on the morning show, which is on after Global News Morning, and waiting for a parking spot. So I was circling around, circling around. And when she came walking out, it was one of those things where you just say, oh, well, are you going to your car? Where exactly is that? So um, she pulled out and gave me her spot. And so that was our, our nice little uh, meet cute. And we followed each other on social media and I thought she would be an excellent guest to have on today. So you're going to want to stick around to hear from psychotherapist Kelly Boss later in the show. Starting off with my favorite things, two really good books. They're not light and fluffy. So if you are in the mood these days to just sort of, you know, escape in something really funny or really light, these are not the books for you. Um, they're, they're, Fairly deep and powerful. So the first one is called The Forgotten Home Child by Genevieve Graham. And so it's about the British home children um, and just a little local connection to this. So Dr. Bernardo, and I'll, I'll, um, you'll hear about him when I give you the actual official book description in a moment, but he was somebody who helped with this whole system of bringing children over from, from England, um, most specifically London, to Canada and Peterborough, which is the area very close to where I grew up. I grew up out in the country outside Peterborough, and I moved to the other side of the country outside of Peterborough um, now. So Peterborough is very close to me, and Peterborough is a place where Dr. Bernardo did bring children. Um, in fact, one of the examples in the book um, involves Peterborough, and there's a Bernardo Avenue. There's a lot of little um, little reminders there, yet I didn't know this whole story. So here's the basis of the book. 2018. At 97 years old, Winifred Ellis knows she doesn't have much time left, and it is almost a relief to realize that once she's gone, the truth about her shameful past will die with her. But when her great-grandson Jamie, the spitting image of her dear late husband, asks about his family tree, Winifred can't lie any longer even if it means breaking a promise she made so long ago. 1936. 15-year-old Winnie has never had a real home. After running away from an abusive stepfather, she falls in with Mary, Jack, and their ragtag group of friends roaming the streets of Liverpool. 
When the children are caught stealing food, Winnie and Mary are left in Dr. Bernardo's Barkingside Home for Girls, a local home for orphans and forgotten children found in the city's slums. At Barkingside, Winnie learns she will soon join other boys and girls in a faraway place called Canada, where families and better lives await them. But Winnie's hopes are dashed when she is separated from her friends and sent to live with a family that has no use for another daughter. Instead, they have paid for an indentured servant to work on their farm. Faced with this harsh new reality, Winnie clings to the belief that she will someday find her friends again. Inspired by true events, The Forgotten Home Child is a moving and heartbreaking novel about place, belonging, and family, the one we make for ourselves and its enduring power to draw us home. And what was so interesting about this book is just the fact that it is based on that true story. And the author did so much research. So even though the specific names of the children and families, she has fictionalized everything that you hear that happened to these kids in the book actually did happen to to the home children. And some did find good homes. But um, there are a lot of really sad stories. And I actually posted about the book on Facebook a little while ago and got some neat comments from people saying, oh, my great-grandfather was one of the British home children. My grandmother was one of the British home children. So just to know that very close to me right now, the local connections and and the stories that um, that they have left behind. So definitely um, a really good one to read, The Forgotten Home Child by Genevieve Graham. And the next one I want to recommend is called Bear Town, a novel by Frederick Bachman. Now, he is the author I mentioned a couple of episodes back who wrote um, A Man Called Uva. And I really love that book and recommended it to you. And then a friend just texted me a little while ago and said, oh, you don't want any books? I've got some books here. And we kind of exchange back and forth. So Bear Town and its sequel, Us Against You, were um, two of the books that she loaned me. So Bear Town is, again, not light, but it is about hockey town. And you know what? As usual, it's probably better if I just read you the description first. So People say Beartown is finished. A tiny community nestled deep in the forest, it is slowly losing ground to the ever-encroaching trees. But down by the lake stands an old ice rink, built generations ago by the working men who founded this town. And in that ice rink is the reason people in Beartown believe tomorrow will be better than today. Their junior ice hockey team is about to compete in the national semifinals, and they actually have a shot at winning. All the hopes and dreams of this place now rest on the shoulders of a handful of teenage boys. Being responsible for the hopes of an entire town is a heavy burden, and the semifinal match is the catalyst for a violent act that will leave a young girl traumatized and a town in turmoil. Accusations are made, and, like ripples on a pond, they travel through all of Beartown, leaving no resident unaffected. Beartown explores the hopes that bring a small community together, the secrets that tear it apart, and the courage it takes for an individual to go against the grain. In this story of a small forest town, Frederick Bachman has found the entire world. So, um, Frederick Bachman is based in Sweden, and I'm assuming it doesn't specifically say, but they mention the units of money and things like that. So, I, I'm pretty clear that the book takes place in Sweden. And what's interesting about it is just that I think anybody from any small hockey community anywhere can identify with bits and pieces. There are certainly pieces where you think, no, that's not us, or that's not what our hockey players or our, our town is like. And then there are times where you'll certainly see um, see things reflected back in, in the mirror of the book. So if you have absolutely no interest in hockey or, or reading about that, not for you, but uh, I'm not a hockey player myself. I'm not really a, a team sports person, <laughs> but I absolutely grew up in a hockey home. Um, 
and a hockey community. So it was, it was fascinating for me. Heavy, serious. Um, Frederick Blackman is an incredible writer. I will say at the beginning, he starts introducing lots of characters. And I mean, there's the coach of this team and the coach of that team, and there's the GM and there's the president. And then some of them have families. And then there's, you know, the, the woman who runs the bar. And then there's the guy that owns the garage. And you're kind of putting all of those together. It takes a while. And you're kind of going, wait, okay, wait, who's David again? And figuring all that out, once you've kind of got the names and, and the idea of what's going on, you can get into the story a little bit better. But um, really good read, Bear Town by Frederick Bachman. Before I get to the lifestyle segment for today, I just want to mention, if you have had any interest at all in the bracelet collection, um, This Mom Loves by Hidden Gems by Raquel, we are doing something special right now until April 24th, where $4 from every bracelet purchased is being donated to our local food banks. And we were actually told by one food bank locally that $4 cash can actually buy up to six times that in groceries. So your $4 from a bracelet could provide $24 worth of food to feed a family through um, one of our local food banks. So if you were thinking of it, now's definitely the time. April 24th is also the um, cutoff for Mother's Day deliveries. Now, if you order after that, maybe, hopefully it could still come on time, but just to be really safe, we're strongly suggesting that anyone who wants to receive it in time for a Mother's Day gift, that you do order by April 24th and that um, that food bank promotion will be um, applicable until then as well. So you can go to my Instagram and the link in my bio if you're interested. So Instagram at Kate This Mom Loves, and I have a link in my bio where you can find... Um, the Shop Now collection for Hidden Gems by Raquel, or you can just um, Google Hidden Gems by Raquel and head over to her website. She has everything on there. So there's the Kate where you get to uh, choose the birthstones that you want on a bangle bracelet. There's the Olivia, kind of the white with the little silver dangling hearts. And then there's the Eva. It's got the pink opal and the rose gold hematite and the lava stones. So the Eva is the one. It's got a little pink dangling heart too. It's the one that you would use if you're interested in diffusing essential oils through through those lava beads. So April 24th is the deadline for that. $4 from every bracelet goes to local food banks. And that is the cutoff if you are hoping to order in time for Mother's Day. So thank you in advance for your support. And thank you to all of you who have shared online. It's so fun when I get tagged and I see somebody's package has arrived or they're wearing it. There's of course the mummy and me options for um, the Olivia and the Eva. So you can get one for you and one for, um, you know, a daughter, whoever you want to give your other one to, to wear it. Um, so when I see the pictures of the moms and daughters wearing them or the grandma and the granddaughter or however, however you choose to work it out, it just uh, makes me so happy. And I do appreciate that support. And now in the lifestyle segment, I just wanted to quickly mention that I had been working on a little piece about celebrities and what they have been doing to learn at home with their kids. And so I was uh, kind of compiling different things that I'd seen on um, on their social media or maybe media appearances that they had done. And I did put together a blog post about that. So I will share the link to that in the show notes for this episode, which again is episode 49. Um, but then actually I was contacted by someone who was writing for Hello Canada and wanted me to be a guest education expert for a piece that she was writing that had to do with what celebrities were doing in terms of homeschooling, but also what those in the education community were doing and what they recommended. So it's kind of neat because when they shared it on Instagram, they said, A-lister tips and some of the tips were from me. So I had to admit I was not in fact one of the A-listers, but I was in fact one of the guest experts. So that was kind of fun too. But 
So Hello Canada magazine uh, ran an article, Celebrity and Expert Approved Tips on How Children Can Learn at Home While Self-Isolating. So it's kind of fun, and I will include the link to that in the show notes as well if you want to take a peek. But I love Hello Canada, and it was very neat to be uh, to be mentioned. So something just I wanted to share with you. In terms of Learn at Home, one other little plug I want to throw in there, um, not so much a plug, but just a tip. I was contacted by the company um, Chalkboard Publishing, and they actually have some really neat information on their website and a free 20-day learn-at-home program. So it's guided homeschool programs. And I mean, at this point, your child's teacher may be providing you with more than enough information. But if not, if you want if you want more or if the way your school is working, they're not giving you the work, um, definitely check out Chalkboard Publishing. So the free guided programs, I'm actually sending some of those out. My ECE partner and I decided that they looked pretty good. So we're sending them um, a couple of days a week for our kids to work on. So usually there's a little video. A lot of them are storyline online where celebrities are reading a story. And then some sort of activity or questions to go with that. And it might be something a little more active, like, you know, here's a checklist, go out for a nature walk and find these things or or whatever. And some of them are more, you know, like write something down, worksheet based. But anyway, really neat. Um, so chalkboard publishing. And then they also have kits. So if you're coming up with the whole shebang for learning at home yourself and you don't want to have to worry about finding any resources, you can actually order the full kit per grade that comes with all sorts of different subjects and um, support guides for parents and things like that. So those are our programs that you do pay for if that's something you're interested in. But the guided learning, the 20 days, that's totally free. I'm sharing that with my, my parents and my students for sure. And I think they're excellent. So Chalkboard Publishing, if you want to check out either their free guided learning programs, 20 days, or if you're looking for something to buy for your child, you can check that out as well. If you are looking for me on social media, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at This Mom Loves. I am on Instagram at Kate This Mom Loves. And my website is thismomloves.ca. So that is my blog. You can find links to my print articles, interviews that I've done with uh, with well-known people and my mom reviews. You can also find a link to all my TV segments. The most recent one was with the morning show about kids learning at home with some tips there. So that can all be, all be found on my website, thismomloves.ca. I am so excited to welcome my guest today, Kelly Boss. Kelly is a psychotherapist and a mom and also a podcaster too. And she is here to uh, to help us walk through a lot of the stresses that we're feeling with everything going on with COVID-19. So we have a whole list of topics that we we want to try to get through talking about, you know, kids and the whole homeschooling thing, marriage, um, you know, maybe you're around your partner a lot more than usual, some of those stresses, working from home, dealing with all the new that we're bombarded with, the lack of control, um, all of those things that I want to tap into Kelly's expertise as well as just her own experiences in her family to help us out. So welcome, Kelly, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. So how are things at your house right now? What's the situation in terms of, you know, adults and kids and work and what's going on? Mm -hmm. Well, they're all here. (laughs) All of that's happening. Um, My husband is working somewhat from home. He has to go in a little bit. I work uh, part-time in community mental health at a health clinic. So I do have to go in 
once a week and I help with, um, you know, just kind of doing some mental health support there. And then I have a private practice. So I'm trying to do that from home. Um, also, uh, my friend and I opened our own, um, wellness studio and that opened of course, March 1st, 2020. So not the ideal time, but sometimes I'm kind of uh, doing some private practice from there or my home office while trying to do homeschool. I have a six-year-old and 11-year-old, so very different things to try and work on with them. And yeah, it's a bit chaotic here. (laughs) Thank you for asking though. So I want to start by talking a little bit about just the whole physical distancing that's going on and the stress that people might be feeling. I mean, you know, whether it's just having to be away from friends and and all of that sort of thing, or I know like, for example, in my family, my 86-year-old grandma recently fell and broke her hip and her shoulder. So she was hospitalized in surgery and they have strongly, strongly discouraged anybody being with her. So she's been alone in the hospital. So it's just hard. We want to follow the rules. We know that this is important to keep the virus from spreading. Um, Are there any ways that we can kind of deal with it? Or what do you suggest when people are stressed about that? Yeah, it's so hard. And I think we all have family members. You know, um, I have an aunt similar. She's alone. My mom and dad are missing the grandchildren terribly, um, but they have, you know, some health issues you want to be careful of. So we're also, you know, not really visiting or anything. It's, It's hard. I think our heart really longs to connect during difficult times. So having space away from each other and um, distance that needs to happen. Although, you know, we of course respect it. It is hard. I think this is where we get kind of creative and we have to find other ways to connect. So picking up the phone, um, you know, sending a letter, (laughs) um, doing things online. If if the person, your loved one's uh, technologically savvy, although that's the other frustration. I know, I did know that a lot of people are frustrated with trying to work things with everyone being working from home and all the systems seem to be really struggling. So it is hard. And so we're trying to find new ways. Like, can you invite a friend to play online Scrabble with you? Can you have a zoom call with six of your high school buddies? Like try and find something that works for you. And it's going to be different for everybody. I mean, generally, like I'm a huggy person. I miss the hug. And I think a lot of people do too. We get all the feel good endorphins from giving hugs and receiving them. So that's hard. We can't really meet those physical touch needs for a lot of people, but you know, maybe there's other ways that we can show we care and yeah, we just have to get creative. And having kids in the home, you've got yours and I've got mine. So obviously we're home for a reason here with the whole COVID-19 situation. Mm -hmm. How much do we share with kids? How much should we talk to them about that? What's too much for them? You know, because I know they're going through some of their own, you know, stresses too about being away from school and, and, um, you know, disappointment at things being canceled. So, I mean, there's the whole scariness of the actual virus. And then there's also just the disappointments and things that they're dealing with. So on the parenting end of things, uh, what do you suggest? Yeah, I think definitely try and keep it as age appropriate as you can. So um, I'm not going to talk about it in the same way to my 11-year-old as I do my six-year-old. I remember doing a podcast weeks ago when this just started, and and I was actually doing some radio programs too, and the question I was constantly asked was like, you know, are people, what do you do if your kids are talking about or asking questions? And at that point, kids 
were barely doing that. Like it was kind of new and they kind of heard of it, but it wasn't a concern. And now it's so much more. And as you said, affecting their life and affecting so many different aspects of their life, whether it's extracurricular and are we going to have the dance show at the end or will this affect camp or all these questions. So kids are having a lot of questions and they're processing it. I think, you know, there was March break and then there was a, maybe a bit of a excitement about having an extra week off school. But I think we've kind of hit the the end of that. And now kids are starting to worry about what it'll look like when they'll see their friends again and all that. So I would really just try and be an open ear for your kids. Let them tell you what their worries are. Um, just ask those open-ended questions to kind of figure out what, what they're processing, because what we think might bother them might be something totally different when we, you know, really kind of tap into what they're saying. So just, I think being able to listen, um, we don't need to do it in a fearful way, but obviously there's some good practices that we really need to watch and continue anyways, whether it's hand washing or, um, just being mindful of what we're touching and how many times our, uh, fingers go to our face and all that. That's like good reminders for us all. Um, but yeah, I would definitely check in with them and ask them questions about how they're experiencing what they're worried about. And if they're not, um, then that's okay too. There's not, you're not going to create the worry by asking about it. And I think sometimes parents are afraid of that, but just being able to show them that you're a safe place to chat about these things. And that's a good point how you say you're not going to create the worry because I know what I always tell parents, you know, from the education side of things is you can totally ask them, how are you feeling about starting school? How are you feeling? It's more when you say, are you scared about kindergarten? (laughs) That's when you're kind of putting ideas in their head. So I like the way you said that. You can just still ask them how they're feeling and then they can open up to you about what the specifics are. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's, that's it. And I think that's the, as you say, the worry is, am I planting something? I don't think so. I think, um, especially maybe for your kid that does sort of internally process a lot, I think it's good to provide those opportunities for them to share because you might think they're not thinking about it, but actually they might be so good to check in. Now, when it comes to having kids home, obviously there's the whole learning from home thing that's going on now. Um, And I feel like I see two ends of the parenting spectrum on social media right now. So there's the ones with the hardcore, the schedules that are just full of academics and everything. And then at the opposite end, there's the ones saying like, oh, just forget it all and just enjoy time with your family, (laughs) whatever. So, I mean, I'm always usually the one in favor of kind of balance in the middle of the road. So that's, that's where we sit. But I know parents are, are stressed about this whole thing, like having kids at home, trying to work at the same time. Any, any tips or any ways to kind of deal with that stress? Because a lot of parents are still kind of doing their full-time job at home and doing their childcare. And then it's like, okay, am I a teacher now on top of that? Um, what might help? Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great time to really assess why it's bothering you. If you've got kids, let's say, that have a hard time academically, you're very worried that they're going to get behind, then that's, you know, maybe a realistic situation. And so you don't have to challenge, am I, is my thinking off here? It's just a reality that you have in your family that your kids might need some extra help. And it's hard for them to be at the school setting because they kind of need that consistency and that routine. If your fear is, what will this look like? Or how come I'm not doing it like so-and-so is doing it? Then I think that's when it's um, more of an anxious thought and maybe a bit distorted and maybe a little bit more about 
you know, your own worries on how you look than actually what the child needs. So, I mean, those are extremes, of course. And we all swing from little bits of that all the time. You know, I, I often think, oh my gosh, like, that's so amazing. Look at their awesome schedule they've got together. But I just know for me right now, the reality is I do have to work from home. Um, we are doing a bit of the bare minimum. Um, we are also trying to do some balance. Like I don't mind that they're outside a fair bit right now, exploring and doing stuff because I like that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, definitely asking yourself where it's from. Is it some kind of pressure? Are you afraid what your mother-in-law or the teacher is going to ask you then, okay, do we really need to address that? Or do we just need to find what works for our family and get behind ourselves on that? And, you know, there may be sometimes too, I don't know if you agree that you might want to just kind of mute some people on social media if they're the ones who are stressing you out. Mm -hmm. Like I know as a teacher, when, before we were given the green light, which we just were recently to kind of reestablish contact and get things rolling, there were some boards or other provinces where the teachers were already right back at it or some who were kind of jumping in before they, they had the green light. And so I'm seeing all these amazing things teachers are doing, connecting with their kids while I'm kind of just sitting on my hands waiting to be able to start and it just just, I was comparing and I was feeling negative about it. And I just realized, okay, just stop looking at these accounts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really fair. I think in this whole thing, we can really watch our sources. So I found um, a friend that put a good list of some resources together. I've been kind of picking and choosing from that. There's some stuff my kids already know from school that are uh, sort of game-based learning or things they already like to do. I've tried my own little bits of creative things. I have this pressure sometimes, this FOMO pressure that goes on where I want them to do a little bit of everything. Um, and so, but, but, you know, just the way things are right now, I've had to let that go. So I think, yeah, I think it's important to kind of monitor your sources, even with the news um, and, and the stuff you're, you have coming in, maybe just pick one news um, story or one news media outlet that you want to listen to and, and count on that. And if there's someone that you've always respected, how they reflect a similar ideal and how they teach or how they parent, then maybe you want to check in with that or go searching for it, but don't do the endless scroll on Instagram because you're going to be bombarded with every extreme possible. And you might not feel so good at the end of that, uh, uh, consumption. Well, yeah, I was actually going to ask you about that too, in terms of taking in all the news. Cause now it's not just like, okay, we'll turn on the TV at six o'clock. Like when we were kids, now we can access it all day, every day. Right. And I find it's almost like, do I really need to know the hourly death toll and the, you know, and everything going on in every other country and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. It's hard because there's always updates and you feel like you want to be informed, but it can, it can all be too much. So I like your idea of kind of just picking your source and, and sticking with it and, and maybe even taking a break from time to time. Yeah. And even maybe pick the time. Like you, yeah, as you say, you don't have to be in on all the time. It's good to step away from the phone. Um, there's certain things you have to stay maybe connected with if it's the school board or if it's, you know, your workplace or whatever it is. But you, again, watch that just sort of that need to escape that goes on that isn't necessarily healthy for you. That again is going to give you so much information. Turn some things off, turn some notifications off. That's okay. Another thing that people are, are joking about online is uh, is that there's going to be a big uh, spike in the divorce rate post-COVID-19, which uh, I hope is just a joke and not necessarily going yeah. to happen, but it is hard. I mean, I don't talk about my husband publicly because he doesn't like that, but I think it's pretty uh, pretty fair to just say that when you're both working in the same home all day, every day, there are 
are some frustrations that come with that. Um, so do you have any tips? I mean, I know whatever people had kind of going with their balance of, you know, maybe distribution of labor and all that before this might not be working. And then you're in the same room, maybe even, or the same building, at least all day, all the time. How can we avoid these post COVID-19 divorces that we're hearing about? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've heard the same thing. I remember hearing that at China was having this spike after, or, you know, because of Wuhan. I'm not sure if that's true or if it was just a rumor, but I can imagine, I mean, um, you know, it, it can either sometimes make you work better together because you just have to sort of get on with it. And the things that you were trifling about before don't seem to matter, but it can also be, you know, this, all the issues come to light. Like if you're fighting over bandwidth, I always say, or like, this is what I've been saying through this, this, um, the last few weeks anyways, is that part of the problem is you're worrying about generally you're fighting about things that haven't happened yet or past things. And then the now is usually okay. So if you can not worry that this is how we're going to have to work, both of us fighting over the computer for the next six months, then that's probably too much. And that is going to be overwhelming and that is going to be upsetting. But if it's okay, today we have to figure out when one of us is going to watch the kids and get our calls done and when the other person is. And that's more doable. Can we figure it out today? Just like you can't fight over the past. Like you're always moving my stuff. You've always moved my stuff. You're probably going to move my stuff. Did he move your stuff today? Maybe not. So let's just keep it down to this moment and not react to all the what ifs. Because I would say if anything this has taught us is we can't predict what's to come. I mean, maybe someone did, but I certainly did not anticipate the things I'd be worrying about. And I was, I'm sure, worried about certain things about this spring that have nothing to do with mm-hmm. now, right? The COVID-19 has um, trumped everything else and nothing else seems to really matter right now. But we often have these worries, these worries about the future, like how am I, I going to organize this or this event's coming up? Well, now it's canceled. So we spent all that time, let's say in November and December, worried about it. And here we are. So as much as we can, it's good to plan a little bit. Certainly it's good to, you know, make a few contingency plans. It's good to um, have some goals, but I don't think we need to worry about things that haven't happened yet because boy, can we ever be taken off that uh, course? Can't we? Well, that's such a good point. I was just talking to someone today about all the things, even in the school year for a kindergarten class that you plan. And so May and June, especially just full of like trips and celebrations and events and speakers and all that stuff. And just looking at the calendar, I mean, I know as of now I'm in Ontario and, and it's the beginning of May that they're tentatively set to go back. Realistically speaking, I doubt that's going to happen. So just to think about all the things that we planned and worked on, like I'm glad with some of them, I'm glad we didn't plan too far ahead or stress too much Mm -hmm. about them because it's all going to be wiped off the calendar. Right. Absolutely. And that's in so many things like the trickle down here, the, you know, oh gosh, we can't do that lesson. Oh gosh, that field trip. Oh gosh, we'd already played, uh, planned that. Like there's so many things that you can think about, yeah, it's it's really hard to not be back in school, but not be back in school is like, oh, the school play. Oh, they're not going to have to track and field this year. And they're really looking forward to it. Or my child was in a good competitive spot for something this year. You know, these are all these things that it's almost like it keeps unraveling before your eyes. And you're like, oh, yeah, then there's that and that and that and that. And it's a lot. So, yeah, it's, you know, worry doesn't really help us out. So we can just do what we can do and try and keep as mindful as we can and be as present as we can right now. 
back to the idea sort of of those comparisons, like we talked about with the uh, the kids learning at home and, and how parents are handling that. I see different ideas online too, with some people saying, you know, they're being so productive right now and they're getting in the best shape of their lives and their house has never been cleaner and, you know, all of that kind of thing. And then you sort of have some who are, um, you know, more about like, no, I'm just kind of struggling and I'm not even getting dressed in the morning and, uh, you know, all this stuff going on. How could you possibly be productive? Is there, is there sort of a, a healthy balance or is it kind of just okay that everybody's, you know, taking it, the, taking it as it comes with them and doing, doing what's best for them? Or are there some sort of best practices in, in terms of that sort of thing? Well, I think like routine can be helpful as a, a resiliency me- measure, certainly in all these uncertain times, but that doesn't have to look like 605, you know, dressed and ready and hit the home gym. Like it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. Plus, you know, we all have to be honest here. Like how often is the sweatpants stay at home mom um, who says they're not trying at all, who's perfectly makeup with the perfect messy hair for the picture. How often is that actually true? Or the other way where it's like, I've done all these amazing things where it's like, well, I don't know. You know, I think people put their best foot forward. They don't really necessarily talk about how they lost it on the kids or how they're overwhelmed with this or that, right? So I think we can, you know, just take it all with measure, you know, that not everything is going to look like um, the way it's presented and that's okay. And not everyone has to be in the same place either. When it comes to all the worries and anxieties that we can have, so some of them may be actually about um, coronavirus itself. So maybe the, you know, if your loved one is sick or you have people in your family who are going out to their essential jobs every day, maybe you are so worried about the actual health aspect of it or um, or just worried about all the things like the lack of control of when things will reopen, when school is going to start. So I guess what I want to know is, are there any tips to kind of help quell some of those worries? What's natural? And then just kind of that mental health piece of when maybe is it not quite so natural, not so healthy, you might need some help with what you're, what you're dealing with or going through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like here we are in a situation where this is almost like the worst what ifs, right? You go through all these what ifs in your brain, like what if this happens? And here we are in a pandemic. Not that we saw this coming. And so certainly with anxious symptoms, and I think this is a lot of what people are struggling with, we try and figure out like what's a realistic worry and then we have to problem solve around it. And what is a cognitive distortion or like sort of like broken thinking where it's just not quite right. So it's fair to be, I'm really worried. I might get sick with COVID-19 because I went to the grocery store and I've been out in the community um, a couple weeks ago, whatever that is, that might be a really realistic fear for you. And for most of us, right? So that, then we just have to problem solve. Okay. Like check our symptoms. Do we need to isolate? Do we need to take precautions? Can we be taking any, you know, eating healthy and making sure we're drinking lots of water, whatever we can do. So and washing our hands. So we try and take back the control where we have it. Um, but there's also those thoughts like, I'm going to get it for sure. And I'm going to die or something where your thought kind of races away with you. Um, or I'm going to lose all my loved ones, even though there's no necessarily indication of that. So we have to kind of balance like what are realistic thoughts and what aren't. And I think having that check-in with ourselves is important, but sometimes it's just, we just have a hard time. Like the thoughts are that train and it's speeding down the track and we're just not able to bring it back. 
So this is a great time to connect with others, but also maybe connect with a therapist. I know certainly for myself, I'm doing pretty much all online right now. And because of, you know, I had some clients where they can just wait and they were okay to do that. Then it has opened up. So I know for my practice, I'm still taking online clients. And I think a lot of my colleagues are too. So it's a great time maybe to reach out and do some therapy. It's a little bit different, obviously, to do it online. But that, but a therapist, a trained therapist can help you identify what you're experiencing, what thoughts might need some challenge if you're having a hard time kind of reining it in for yourself. Okay. That is very helpful. Is there anything else about all of this, you know, COVID-19 anxiety that I haven't brought up yet? Any other tips or points that maybe you want to mention? Well, I think, you know, we can all be really well served by taking a deep breath. (laughs) And that sounds simple. Of course, we're always breathing, but just really trying to bring our body down to a bit of a state of relaxation. This is something we can practice everywhere and anywhere. Um, It can bias a second in a a reaction. It can just make our body uh, feel calmer. So I think it's really important to practice relaxation um, and not numbing out. So I think the extreme is we often numb out and we will go on the phones or we'll binge watch what is everyone watching Tiger King right now? I don't know. I'm not watching it, but you know, people will binge watch and numb yes. out and they know how to numb, but they don't necessarily know how to relax. So being, doing a mindful activity, um, you know, doing mindfulness activities with the kids, going for a walk to, if you can, and taking some deep breaths. These are all good things just to practice. And there's lots of online and apps that you can do to practice meditation or mindfulness, and that's all really healing and helpful. So that can be one tip that you can sort of take with you. The other thing I was thinking about lately is it's really important, obviously, to connect. And we talked about that and how to reach out with others, but make sure you're connecting with the people in your space too, right? I think sometimes, again, we'll go on Netflix or we'll go on our phone or we'll be talking to everyone else and we aren't necessarily connecting with the people in the room. And maybe it's because it's overwhelming because we've just homeschooled them all day or bickered with them. But, you know, just trying to have those moments of levity and moments of connection where you're together doing things, um, you know, and having meals together. All that's really important. And the last question I always ask my guests is, do you have a This Mom Loves or a favorite thing to recommend to listeners? Yeah, I absolutely do. So there's this brand in the UK I love wearing, and I used to love dressing my kids in too, um, called Bowden. And so I have this coat, and I just think maybe it's because I'm talking to you, and I know you love Kate Middleton, but it's called the Kate Coat. And I love this coat. It's navy with this really nice red trim, and I'm obsessed with the Kate cut as well. So that's the one that came to mind talking to you. Okay, very good. And before I let you go, I also do want to ask if you can just share a little bit about your podcast. I've just started listening to it. I've loved the first couple episodes that I've heard. So tell us a bit about it. Thank you so much. So we started in September and we've just, it's been a bit of a passion project. So myself and Kelly Bourne, she's a parenting educator and I'm a psychotherapist, of course. And so we get together, we have these talks on things that we find really relevant for us. So things like, um, you know, being overwhelmed as a mom or perfectionism, these kind of things. But we also have something called a four-year toolkit episodes. And those episodes are concepts or things we've learned through therapy or education that we find would be really helpful for people like practicing gratitude, mindfulness might be a topic, self-compassion. So see, these are some of the four-year toolkit episodes. And so that's that's the talk therapy where we're 
uh, both trying to educate and help and value add, but also we're in it with you. So we share examples from our own life and we just really enjoyed talking. We thought we should do something. We should do something together. And then it just became the talk therapy pod. So that's our podcast. Excellent. And where can people find you online if they are looking for you? Okay. So my name's Kelly Boss, but it's only one S. So you can find me on my website at kellyboss.com. You can find me on my Instagram at Kelly Boss Therapy. And also on Facebook, similarly, it's Kelly Flanagan Boss Therapy. And Twitter, I think I'm also Kelly Boss Therapy. And then at Talk Therapy Pod, that's the podcast. And you can also find me at Muskoka Mind and Body. That is my um, studio where we are on a hiatus right now, but we'll be opening again. And we offer both online workshops and in-person workshops. And if you're in the Muskoka area, feel free to drop by. Kelly Boss, thank you so much for being here with us today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Kate. And that brings us to the end of episode 49 of This Mom Loves. Thank you again to my special guest, Kelly Boss. You can find all the information um, about our interview and everything else from this episode at the show notes at thismumloves.ca slash podcasts. And this again is episode 49. Thank you to my fantastic editor, Lucas Wojcicki, for always doing his best to make the audio sound as good as he can with what I give him. And thank you to all of you for being here. I do want to end with a little inspirational quote, and I know sometimes those can be annoying. I'm going to admit it. Um, But I found a good one that I like. So here's the quote. Our character is not defined in the good times, but in the hard times. And where I saw that it was attributed to Paul Brody. But what I like about that one right now is these are hard times, but they're way harder for some than others. So, I mean, maybe your character is really being defined in a hard time right now as you go out to be an essential worker every day, whether it's, you know, at a store providing an essential product, whether you're a healthcare worker, no matter what you're doing, you might be going through hard times. You might be suffering from Um, COVID-19, someone you love might be, might be suffering from something else entirely and having your life um, in an upheaval because of what's going on. Maybe the hard times for you right now are just having to stay in your house, which is sort of, sort of where I am. So I'm really grateful and fortunate to be in that position that that's um, the biggest thing I need to do is just stay home in order to help other people. So our character is not defined in the good times, but in the hard times. So we will, uh, we will forge ahead and do whatever we are told to do. I will be remaining at home and I will be back um, in another two weeks with the next episode of This Mom Loves. At this point, I am still getting feedback from listeners and followers that it's good to keep producing these sorts of um, these sorts of shows, whether they're for information or entertainment. I did want to talk about COVID-19 with Kelly today because I know that's really a big thing on people's minds. And from everything I've seen and heard, I know all those anxieties were there, but the different aspects of it. But I think just to share book recommendations, to share other things as well, um, because we do need some entertainment and need to take our minds off it too um, sometimes. So the plan is to be back in another two weeks with another episode. I hope you will join join me then. Please take care of yourself.